Welcome to the Guys Like Us podcast. This is your host, Tyler Brondike. Today, I'll be chatting with Chris Songson. He is the pastor of South Hills Church in California and the author of the book, Quit Church. Stay tuned. Welcome back, everyone, to the Guys Like Us podcast. This is your host, Tyler Brondike, and thank you so much for tuning in today. I greatly appreciate you uh, checking us out if this is your first time, and if you're a longtime listener or if you've tuned in before, thanks again for your continued support. If you have not yet done so, I'd really appreciate if you leave an iTunes review. It helps us uh, keep, keep moving and, and keep pressing forward, so much love there. Today's conversation is with Chris Songson, who is a pastor of South Hills Church in Southern California. He's an author of a handful of books, most recently, Quit Church. Yes, you heard it right, Quit Church. Um, he's not calling us to, to quit church, but r- rather quit our approach to church. Uh, so in this conversation today, we uh, break down a bit more about the, the state of the church as it stands right now in America, um, look at some uh, really crazy uh, statistics, um, and every year in America, 15,000 churches shut their doors, uh, which is crazy, um, and unfortunately, a lot of people are, are not inviting friends to church, um, yet, you know, f- people are saying... Uh, one in four are likely to attend church if their friend does invite them. So there, there's a great opportunity for us to continue to, to support uh, our churches and continue to, to move, on, move forward and, and keep these doors open. Uh, we look into uh, not only the state and the and church engagement, uh, but also ways to, to open up the conversation, open up the door. And, um, and we look at rather than preaching at someone, um, being a friend uh, as as we're called to do uh, and to love one another first and foremost. Um, he shares some uh, other statistics as well uh, that, that reign 2,000 years ago uh, and are still the same today. Um, and he leaves us with a hopeful message encouraging belie- believers to immerse deeper in their faith uh, and experience the great picture of God's blessings. Um, we discuss this and uh, a lot more. Um, so whether you're uh, deep in your faith or you have been practicing for a long time, or if this whole thing is new to you, I uh, believe that you'll find some value um, in both ends of the spectrum uh, for, for giving this a, a check and, and also for uh, continuing to encourage and motivate you. So let's turn on over to the conversation with Chris. Hello and welcome to the Guys Like Us podcast. This is your host, Tyler Brondike. And today I'm joined with Chris Songson, who is a pastor of South Hills in Southern California and an author of a handful of books, most recently Quit Church. So uh, without further ado, Chris, thanks so much for joining today. Oh, absolutely. Thank you for having me on the call. I appreciate it. Absolutely. So to kick things off, uh, obviously, congratulations on your latest book, Quit Church. Uh, it's very exciting. Um, you know... When, when, when I first saw the title, I immediately got a little bit fearful, but also excited. Uh, so does everybody else. <laughs> so does everyone else, yeah. Uh, fear, fearful that Pastor Chris has gone off his rocker, uh, but also ex- but also excited because I know that uh, you maybe not be Pastor Chris anymore if you were actually encouraging people to not go to church. So um, I just want to hear a bit more about some, what, what the initial reactions were when you, when you first released this book. Oh, yeah. Well, yeah, 
know, the publisher was like, well, get ready, you know, uh, I've written several books, but yeah. uh, the publisher and my agent were like, man, you better get ready, it's going to be a whirlwind of uh, comments. Uh, it started off pretty okay, it released, about, uh, released on June 5th, so um, it's only been for a while and uh, mm-hmm. a short time, and uh, so most of it's been good, when Fox News, uh, Fox News had me on Fox News and Friends. Uh, or Fox and Friends, and then they also ran an article, which I think 32 million people viewed or something crazy like that uh, across the world. Um, and yeah, that's when all the comments started coming in because people didn't read the op-ed, which is basically just mm-hmm. an article about the book. They didn't read the op-ed and they just saw the title. And and uh, so <laughs> yeah. Yeah, there's been there've been quite a few uh, people across the world that have uh, you know I think I'm. One day alone, we got 10,000 emails and hits of uh, either they loved the title or they liked the concept or they hated the title. So <laughs> yeah, yeah. they had plenty to say about it. They had plenty to say about it. It's been crazy. Yeah, well, well, I'm sure, you know, at surface level, I think we can we can take things a lot of different ways. But when we're able to dig a little bit deeper and see... Uh, the underlying value and principles and it really, you know, your experience that has led to you writing this book, I, I'm sure, uh, you know, the Fox News article might have come across to some as a little bit, obviously, uh, maybe, you know, uh, kind of coming across that fearful element, but when they're able to dig a little bit deeper, they're able to see uh, the underlying message. So I, I want to kind of go back and, and look back at some of your um, kind of what started and what prompted the book. So uh, I know that you're part of Church Boom, which is designed to help build churches that can reach explosive growth. So I want to know if there was you know, maybe a conversation in there that greatly changed the, the game for you, that, that really sparked uh, a change to, to happen in the, uh, that, that sparked a change that had to happen in the church, which you know, maybe prompted this, this book to start. Yeah, well, it was a result of churchboom.org. It was an organization that we have built out of our church that really just helps churches get unstuck and help mm. churches figure out what their next step is etc and so mm. we're just kind of helping churches kind of reach their potential and we coach and help and come alongside hundreds of churches uh, so that's why people go to the site they get plugged in with us mm. uh, but anyway uh, i wouldn't say it was a conversation i say it was multiple conversations mm. where more and more um just been hearing about man it's just really you know getting harder to get people to sometimes to serve or to get in groups or to you know uh the giving or the inviting of the unchurched or to our to our church um and so just kind of hearing that sort of more casual approach towards the principles of god and that's where the idea came in i thought you know it's it's not about quitting church it's about quitting our approach towards it um and our approach towards the, the principles that god lays out and promises that if we live these out he'll bless our life so it wasn't a conversation. I think it was something we saw in our own churches, but also something we saw as a result of talking to literally hundreds of pastors over the last year, year and a half, and just thought, what would it be like to create a book mm. that every pastor would want their church to read? And that's what we did. Mm. Awesome. Um, yeah. So so on that, obviously, I think you know church growth is something that uh, is important to you. and. Um, so I guess, you know, how are you thinking about church growth now? Is it something that is, uh, it's important to take in, in fact, the numbers, but now maybe more so looking at the engagement and the involvement of the church as a measure of church growth, kind of what, what, what has your mindset been of recent kind of looking at church growth and how those, those two different elements kind of balance out? Yeah. 
I think some people get a little, um, oh, I don't know. Uh, there's some people that can kind of resist the concept of church growth. You know, hey, we just need to be believers that love each other. and We don't really care about growth. And, you know, I've heard that a lot. You know, we don't really care about growth. We just want to love each other and love Jesus and, mm. and so on. And I'm all for loving Jesus and I'm all for loving each other. It's exactly what we should do as believers. But I do believe living things grow. And Jesus said, go into all the world and preach the gospel. And if we were preaching the gospel and reaching people and talking to our neighbor and our co-worker and the person at the gym, more people will be at church. But we're not. Not, not at the numbers we need to. Now, it doesn't mean that churches aren't growing. Um, but every year in America, 300 churches, every year in America, 15,000 churches will shut their doors. So an average of 300 churches per Sunday shut their door forever. Less than 5% of all people in the nation that go to church have actually invited anybody to church in the last 12 months. That's not following biblical principle. That's not following no. when Jesus said, go into all the world. Um, that's not following, uh, you know, the Acts model of the first local church where people were saved every day and the church grew daily. Um, so is it, oh, it's about church growth. No, it's not just all about church growth so we can have a big church. It's because lost people matter to Jesus. Hmm. Uh, and so that's, you know, so am I into church growth? Yeah, I'm into church growth because uh, I'm into people finding Jesus. And if people finding Jesus, then the the churches will grow, but when you got five percent of the people actually sharing their faith or inviting their friend or their coworker or their neighbor or the person at the gym or the grocery store or wherever their life takes them, um, that's a problem. You know, that's a challenge. That's not right, and it's not following biblical principle. And uh, and I think that that's part of the quitting process. We got to quit that. We got to quit that. Everybody else has to do it. We have to quit that approach. It's not everybody else's responsibility. It's ours. God doesn't have a plan B. His plan A is his people reach people. Mm. His people go and get the one. They leave the 99 mm. to find the one. They go out and find the prodigal. They turn the house upside down to find the lost coin. God doesn't have a plan B. We're it. This is it. Mm. Uh, for the people to be saved, we're it. And there is no plan B. And people have to understand that, that I think that God has a brilliant strategy to reach the world. And everybody that's listening to it, you're it. You're the strategy. Wow, amen, um, and and absolutely. So, in in, ch- in changing the approach, um, it, it, it sh- you know, should we still you know be in, should we be inviting people to church, or, or is there is there other ways that you have found that we can kind of reengage and re you know invigorate? Whether it's maybe it's through social media sharing, sharing an article with someone that might prompt them to to look deeper. You know, what what have the ways been that we can kind of. I don't know if revitalizes the word, but really start to re-engage with our with our own church life, but also start to to pass it along so that others can can take a step in into the yeah. in, in in the right direction yeah, as well. Yeah, the uh, you know, I mean, social media is great, but everybody and their mother is putting some post on there about yeah. Jesus, and they use it as a platform in which to preach. And I'm all for social media. I think it's it's like fire; it can be yeah. good, but when it's out of control, it's not good. Um, uh, and so, same thing, uh, you know, same thing there, but, but, but the number one way, I mean, you know, it's the old real estate term, you know, or the old marketing term, word of mouth. Um, and it's not preaching. I don't think, I don't think, especially in America, I don't think for the guy at the gym that I work out and I see when I work out at the gym, he doesn't need me to have a Turner burn type shirt or preach at him or hand him a tract. He just needs me to be a friend to him. Mm-hmm. And when the opportunity opens up, share a little bit about what, you know, hey, I go to church. Um, it's simple things like, oh, man, I, hey, you've been telling me a little bit about some struggles you've been going through with your wife. Um, you know, I, 
I just got to tell you, you know, I've, I've, I've had the same kind of struggles or, you know, a lot of friends have struggles and I go to this church down the street and just kind of been connecting with God. And you know, I think that if you'll, you know, check out the church, maybe, maybe, uh, just, you know, give God a thought, you know, that we'll see what happens. You know, maybe God could do something great. You know, real casual. I'm not, I, I do not preach, teach people to go all ballistic on people. Um, I just don't think that works. Um, uh, Statistic. There was a statistic done or a survey done that said, yeah, asking people if they would go to church, and they said one out of four people said they would go to church if a friend invited them. Not a stranger, not a Turner burner, not a soapbox preacher, not a track passer outer, but just a friend that they see at the gym, a friend that they see at the grocery store, the person they go to work with. They said one out of four people said they would go to church in it if a friend invited them. And isn't that interesting that when Jesus did the sower in the soil, he gave four different kinds of seeds and only one grew, one out of the four grew. The statistics were the same 2,000 years ago as they are today, one out of four. If you invite four people to church as being, being their friend and then just kind of letting the conversation carry into that, not the very first time you meet them, but let the conversation carry, you'll find one out of four will go with you. So it's, it's not a, it's not a, uh, it's not a mathematical, it's magic, or it's not magical. It's mathematical. Uh, it's not some magical. Like I don't know how to preach. I don't know how to teach. Just be a friend. Share. Point towards people towards Jesus. It's not magical. It's mathematical. One out of four. Jesus said two thousand years ago, and recently a survey was done that still shows the, uh, still shows the same. Mm. One out of four will respond. It's just being a friend to people and pointing them towards Jesus and mm. inviting them to church, save them a seat, go out to lunch with them afterwards. Be the friend. Mm. Absolutely. Yeah, I think there's this connotation or maybe notion that when you when you show up, you have to, you know, kind of sell them on the spot, right, of, of what, what it's all about. So sell them on every single principle or belief. Or, um, But again, I think it's it's focusing back on the intention and back on, I, I think there's this, you know, it's this this uh, this theory that really if you just, if you show up and are, and are present, you're, you know, showing up is half the battle. I, you know, yeah. I think is a common saying that we that we say, but I think there is some there is some value in that, and in the fact that again, it's it's looking back at like looking back at back at those numbers, one and four. You know, we'll we'll end up you know finding finding the path of Jesus um, based on just bringing them there. So I I, I really I I uh, love that. Um, yeah. Next thing I want to I want to um, touch on a bit more as as well is um, when we think about uh, and when we look at. Uh, increase community involvement, uh, whether that's through service, um, whether that's through, uh, you know, giving and kind of how all these kind of play into the picture. Um, I want to ask you, you know, how have you seen people's faith change when they begin to be become more involved in their in their community church or really involved in their faith? Well, you know, um, I think there's a big difference between believing and belonging. And, um, you know, you take that kind of concept and map that over with the scriptures and say faith without works is dead. Yeah. Uh, the flip side is true. Works without faith is dead. I think that people find their faith come to life. Um, I think they find their faith come to life. I think that they find they're walking in the shoes of Jesus and they're serving. And that serving may be in the local church or through the local church or, um, you know, people say, well, I'm just too busy. And, you know, I had someone say that to me. Well, I'm just busy. And I say, I get it. But let me tell you something. If you're too busy, then you're too busy. And you got a whole different problem going on. Um, you know, you've got to stop that. you got to, you've got to model it, you know, yeah. especially if you're a parent. Holy cow, you know, I always say, man, it's like, children rarely do what you say, but they always do what you are. And uh, so model it. 
I mean, watch what God does in your family when you serve. Watch what God does in your own faith when you serve. Watch what God does through you when you serve. It's an important part of it. Very important part of it. Awesome. Um, next question. I uh, just wanted to hear a bit more about your pace, your personal faith story. Uh, if you wouldn't mind sharing a bit, a bit more about your walk and really the, the coming to your, your coming to faith. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, I didn't grow up in a Christian home. Um, you know, we didn't really go to church or anything like that. And I, the short version is I was about 14, 15 years old. I got invited to a, to a youth group. Um, and, uh, I went to that youth group, kind of liked it. And, uh, you know, I mean, it wasn't a big, big rocking conversion or anything, you know, where it's like, I remember the day, you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I just remember I invited to a youth group, and I liked it and kept going. I gave my life to Christ, and, um, you know, my family, many of my family members have come to Christ as a result of then, since I was uh, back then. But um, it was, a, it was a, again, it was, I was just a teenager, and someone invited me. Mm. And, you know... Think of the person that invited me. You know, they were just inviting someone, just a fourteen-year-old kid that played, you know, baseball with him or whatever. Whatever. It just it was just a kid. Mm. Uh, now let's fast forward. Was there a lot of seeds in, in inviting me? Yeah, thousands of people found Christ. Churches have been built. You know, we're writing books, but it was just an invite. So you think of well, I'm just inviting the person, you know, at Chick Fil A that I met, or I'm just inviting the. You know, the, my buddy from work. Yeah, but you have no idea what that could do. Um, and so, yeah. So my journey is not really some big, um, you know, I was on drugs or alcohol. <laughs> it was just, no, 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 I just got invited to a youth group, gave my life to Christ, and didn't mm. turn back. Wonderful. Um, and last few questions. I just wanted to know yeah. what, what advice you, you have for your younger self. For my younger self? Correct. Uh, that's a great question. Um, well, you know, I've always had kind of a spiritual entrepreneurship, starting a church, starting ministries, writing books. Mm. Um, and so I'm asked that question a lot when I am teaching at a sort of leadership function. Like yesterday, I was in, two days ago, I was in South Africa, so I just got back, actually, uh, oh, wow. 12 hours ago. <laughs> <laughs> and, and I uh, was asked that question, you know, there as well. Um, so anyway... The answer to that would be um, finding your lane and staying in your lane, finding what God's called you to do and stay in it. I found myself uh, over the years, especially in my 20s and 30s, and I would find myself kind of wandering all around all over the place like, you know, I'm also a pastor, but then I got this going on and I wrote this book and I got this and I got this and I got this and I got this. And it's like, find what God wants you to do and do that. Um, Paul said this one thing I do, not these 23 things I dabble in. Um, and I would tell people that are, you know, uh, in, in some sort of desire of ministry, uh, you know, cause that's who I would speak to or leadership or ministry or something. I would say, learn from my mistake, find your lane and, and mm. pour all your effort into that lane. Don't, you know, grab a hold of every single thing that comes along. Every good idea isn't the right idea. Every good opportunity isn't isn't the right one and every open door doesn't mean you walk through it people say well God opened the door I'm like I don't know God did it's just an open door Uh, there's a lot of open doors there's opportunity everywhere Uh, if you're looking for it there's opportunity everywhere but you've got to stay in the lane that God's called you to stay in Mm. Uh, do you think it 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 takes 
experience or at least going and in, in testing out those different lanes to figure out what what lanes uh, or might you know reap the most fruit if we were to say it in you know and 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 uh, that and that in that way or, or really the the lanes that that really kind of point to to where what you should be doing and, and really your purpose or do you think that there's there's been times when you say no like this is this is just this is where I should be and this is what I'm gonna, what I'm gonna do and I don't really need to go down the rabbit hole. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's a hard thing. That's not mm. an easy thing to do, you know, to figure out which one to go into. Mm. Um, yeah, and you end up in a rabbit hole. I think you can chase certain things. And so I don't think that's an easy thing to do, mm. you know, to figure out your lane and stay in it. It's not easy. Um, but I think that you have to, you know. Mm. And there's times where I think, <clears throat> there are times where I think you end up going, doing something a little bit out of your zone mm. um, that I found in leadership. But, Man, you better know why you're in that zone or in that lane, uh, and and does it fit into who you are and what you do? It's it is a leadership lesson I've learned from John Maxwell, and I was trying to find the CEO for the John Maxwell company, and he just always says he calls it buckets. He goes find two or three buckets and stay in them, and um, you know it's like you know I mentioned earlier the Chick Fil A about meeting person. It's like there's your lane, make chicken sandwiches. You know that's your lane. Your lane isn't sushi. Your lane isn't, you know, whatever, protein drinks. Your lane is chicken sandwiches. What's your lane? I'm still like you. You're creating podcasts. You're creating content. You're find the lane and pour everything into that lane and blow it up. Uh, versus, oh, but also I'm involved with building water wells. And I'm also part-time children's pastor. And I'm also doing this thing for women's this and women empowerment. All this. <laughs> it's like, and I'm not saying that, you know, uh, it's great to help out now and then, but Man, you got to spend 80 percent of your life in you know ninety percent of your life in the lanes that God's called you to. Um, you know, uh, this one thing I do, Paul said, this one thing I do. Um, opportunity will never be a problem. Saying, here's what I found out: the bigger you grow as a leader, the more you have to say no, and and wisdom comes in knowing what to say no to. Can you say that one more time? I said wisdom. Wisdom is is uh, knowing what to say no to. Love that. You have to. Awesome. You got to know when to say no. Nice and uh, I think that this, you know, that I feel like I'm at that point in my life right now, where it's like uh, I think I say no more than I say yes, and not not the bad thing. It's mm-hmm. just you got to stay in your lane, uh, and you got to stay. And that that would be what I felt like. I made that mistake early on in life. I, I found myself in six different lanes when I just needed to be in two or three. Mm-hmm. And uh, so you can't. You can't be, you're a lot more effective if you're swinging the bat at one tree or at one ball or whatever, or one axe at one tree than you are trying to swing at 30 trees. Mm. Swing at one and it'll, it'll fall down. Awesome. Um, well, well, again, thanks so much for, for hopping on today, Chris. Uh, yeah. I, I really enjoyed you. Just want to know where people can uh, can find you or find the book. Um, yeah. The last, yeah, last parting it, words. Yeah. Yeah, no, yeah, it's great. Thank you. Well, thanks for having me on. I appreciate it. It's uh, it's at quit q u i t quitchurch.com. Um, they can find connection there, or they can go to Chris Sonson s o n k s e n Chris s o n k s e n dot com. But if you go to quitchurch.com, if I may throw a little plug in here, um, you'll find now this. Uh, I would speak to any pastors or leader church leaders that are on the phone right now, or I'm sorry, that are listening right now. Um, Go to quitchurch.com. You can take the book and make it a, a series, a six-week church series in your church. 
that's what it was designed to do. So if you go to quickchurch.com, pastors, you'll find six sermon outlines, six small group videos, all the graphic packages you need to make it an actual six-week series in your church. And what, yeah, there's also a link on there where you can get the book for like half price. So you can buy the book for people in your small group, have them reimburse you, and imagine you're talking about it on Sunday, they're reading about it, and then they're also learning about it in small groups. And they're learning about why give, why have a spirit of generosity, why serve, why invite people. It's all the things that we want believers in our church to be doing. And can you imagine if you focus for six weeks on these powerful subjects by them reading the book, getting the book for them, going to the small group, uh, and, and talking about it on Sunday, um, it would just, it could literally change your church. And we have hundreds of churches that are going through it right now. Uh, and all the resources, except for the book, all the resources, quitchurch.com, are free to the pastors, everything they need. Wonderful, wonderful. Well, thanks so much, Chris, um, and hope you have yeah. a great, great rest of your day. Yeah, thanks, buddy. Appreciate it. Have a good day.